Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Pay tribute to having our first female on the show. Not that we're turning into a race war. I bought a, a wine called Eileen Hardy. It's a 2013 Chardonnay, a Hardy's Hardy's Chardonnay. Uh, it's a mixture of grapes from. Because <laughs> <laughs> my hand's not over the label, I can read that the the grapes are a mixture of uh, Tasmanian and Yarra Valley grapes, and uh, should be absolutely outstanding. So. We will see. All right, let's have a look. Without further ado. Let's taste it, man. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Too much talking. (laughs) Too much knowledge about the wine we bought. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's a nice colour. Look at that. All right. Like it's gone. Megs was saying before we started that she'll only have like a little bit of each. She had like four glasses so far. Can you drink the rest (laughs) of that, mate? I don't want want, uh, my wine tainted by you. That rubbish. My drink. bought in. This is going to be outstanding. Yeah. Well, cheers again. Cheers. To the winner. Yep. <laughs> Goes to the spoils. You've got to back yourself, right? <laughs> Don't be afraid to ask for Oh, help. we always do this um, podcast, trust me. Oh. Here we go. He's doing the sales pitch. Oh, Wait, ready? Okay. <laughs> no, it is better than mine. Even though, So mine was close to 50. So yours must be something like 2,500 or something. <laughs> it's 100 on the dot. Nice. There's a hundred on the drug. Nice. It's not bad. It'll get better too. I might have. It might be a bit too. Cold yeah, as yeah, well. yeah. That's quite nice. Very All nice. right. So today, mate. So you picked mm. someone. I did. And that is James <laughs> Carey. <laughs> James Eugene Carey. <laughs> Jim Carey. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I was having trouble finding some, uh, thinking of someone to talk about. And uh, initially, when I picked him, I thought, oh, it's a bit of an uninspired choice. Wasn't very happy with myself. Um, the main reason at the time was I, I firmly believe that the, the ability to make people laugh is one of the most underrated and most valuable skills you can have as a human being because laughter is so important to us. If, if we don't have it, yes. God help us all. Um, there's, a, there's a million places your mind can go when you think of funny people. I, I thought of Robin Williams, which would probably be a more popular choice and there might be a bit more... Levels we can dig, but then I also thought the black killed himself, so he didn't have it figured out. Doesn't mean we can't talk about him. No, no I'm not saying we can't yeah, talk yeah. about him, but I thought, why don't we study someone who's managed to make the whole world laugh and he's still with us and has gone down a couple of different paths. It's true. It's true. Um, and, and just see where we end up. I really don't know, didn't know a lot about the bloke apart from his movies. I know that there was a conception out there that he'd gone off the deep end and... I also know that he'd made some pretty inspirational speeches around the place at different times, didn't really know what they contained. So I had a bit of a dig and, and I don't know how much you guys enjoyed the two weeks of studying him. I know it's not... <laughs> Thomas has fallen asleep over there. I know it's not someone who saved the world and I know it's not... Well, it depends how you look at it, actually, because how many people did he, does his laughter... You know, yeah, he's made a lot going. of movies and his life, his, his upbringing was a bit challenging. Do you want to share that with us, Cam? Like his start and stuff? Mate, I didn't. And I, your y- thoughts on him? Can I be completely honest? I skipped over a lot of his childhood. I didn't do the biography no. thing. I wanted to find out. How could you? Well, I know that... How could you? 
totally defining moment. Yeah, well, the, well, when I say I skipped over it, I didn't study his childhood word for word. I know that the reason he got into the industry he got into was because of his father. He says in one of his speeches, my father could have been a great comedian, but he didn't believe that it was possible for him. So instead he took a safe option and got a job as an accountant uh, and he got let go from that job. And the family then, at, when he was 12, his dad got sacked from that so-called safe job and the family then had to go and do whatever it had to do to survive. Uh, I learned many great lessons from my father, not the least of which was, and this is probably one of the most important lines that we'll say today, you can fail doing something you don't really want to do, so you might as well take a chance doing something that you love. Yeah, great line. And you know, he, he also, at the same time, his father taught him, his, his dad was a very loving man and a, and a funny bloke from his account, and he taught him about the effect that love and humour can have on, in changing the world around you. And from that, he, he said, that's something I can believe in and that's something I can aim for. And from that point on, he sort of pointed himself towards, he calls it uh, basically freeing people, but freeing people through laughter. Yeah. So, yep. um, when I say I didn't study his childhood, I understand that part of it, but it wasn't some of the other people we've gone through day-by-day day sort of uh, stuff. Well, how many, how many, how many top-rated actors... Comedian, do you know, they were homeless he, he, in, in, in their youth. Car. I mean, serious, that, that is big stuff mm. for me. The thing that separated me, and I'm actually glad that, so after not being real happy with my pick, I'm glad we chose him because the thing that I believe separates him from a lot of the other people in his industry is, one, he's alive, so he hasn't topped himself. And the ones that are alive talk about their struggles as a kid and talk about how great you can be, but he's taken it a step further and this is where I think everyone thought he went mental, where he stepped back and went number two in the in the Stoics from June, Plato's view. We ain't shit. Yeah, yeah. We ain't, like a lot of the stuff I listen to and I listen to probably a dozen speeches and interviews, he's basically reading from that book where, we, where he's gone in his life now and searching for his identity. It's so anti that industry and yeah. so anti-Hollywood and so anti they either top themselves or they just stand up there saying how great am I. He's looking for his own identity and not taking on uh, the identity that society want to give and, him. And hasn't let the pressure that yep. he's not... He, he has a line that says, I've played so many characters, including Jim Carrey. Yeah. He, he realised that he was just a construct, to use the word construct of his movie characters and what the, what the population believed of him. Yeah. I've climbed to the top of the mountain and I've freed everyone except myself and that's when he went off the deep end in air quotes and everyone you know has labeled him crazy and says he must have depression this and that all the blokes done is realize that fame ain't shit yeah i loved that um i think it said when he was eight he was standing in front of the mirror and he discovered that he was he was pulling all these funny faces and realizing what his facial movements could actually do and how funny it was and like tying that into a lot of his movies Yes, he's funny, and yes, he's a funny guy, but he uses his face so much, and yep. he's identified that from eight, and he's carried that through all of the things that he does, the stand-up, the speeches, the movies. Nice. He's written a ch- children's book, mm. and he's carried it through all of that, but it's back to that defining moment of him standing in front of the mirror. And he had the balls to write a letter to one of the leading yeah. nighttime shows about saying, I should be your impersonator. Yeah. At, At which, 12 or something, which, wasn't that? Right, not long 14, after, yeah. to let him back into gaining some notoriety through that. So from a young age, he had a lot of drive and passion in for what he wanted to do. 
And coming from a family that was made homeless through his dad's choices of employment to the fact that he would share the station wagon with his mum and his dad and his two brothers would have to sleep in a tent on the side of the road. And then, but I think it was a defining moment. Absolutely. You make, that, you, you make a few decisions when you're there. You know? One, I never want to be poor again. But I think that you know, he, he's actually experienced quite a bit with drugs and, and antidepressants. And, and I think that that has come from that kind of time too because he had to take on anything. And especially around that kind of time, his first gig, he totally failed. He actually... They was booed off the yeah, stage. Yeah, well, yep. so mate, to come back, to do all of these things, you, that period was so defining that I, I don't think that we know enough unless there are books about him and... and, and there is a lot unsaid, I think. Yeah. And Cam, you are right. One of his guiding lights was his dad. And his dad would drive him at the age of 15 to do stand-up comedy, supporting him all the way. He says in a, one of his speeches that he, he believes his dad was living out... Through him. Yeah, he was living out his dad's dream, so he was completely supportive. But yeah. The guy spent half his life, and, and probably from being homeless, thinking that he had to be famous and he yeah. had to make it, and then got to the top and realised... This is no life. This is not what life is about. And it's a stain on the way we act as a, as a community and, and socially that him having that realisation and withdrawing from the public light and going on a search for deeper meaning for him was labelled as him going nuts and he's gone crazy and all that See stuff. through I'm, his choice of movies, though, that he's appeared in, like, it started very, like, a little bit on the softer side, then it went very kind of crazy weird and yeah. then it came back to like the there's no doubt he's had his moments i love the saying that he said some of the characters played in his movie were quite far out and mm. quite extravagant like mask and yeah. me myself and irene and so forth and he said i've come off those characters and fell into depression he goes however i felt i needed depression because it for him it said he standard for deep rest deep rest yeah deep depression he goes, I needed that to regenerate. Rejuvenate. Thank you, that's the word, <laughs> what he said, and um, come back even stronger. Um, I think it was the first person that I've heard not talking about depression as a negative, mm. talking about it, my body needed it to, to come back. On such a high. Absolutely. So we know he's made like, quite a bit of money in, in movies and in between 1994 to 1998, like the crazy amount of movies done. But then... Anybody's read more about the the lawsuits he got? Wrongful death. Yeah. Well, yeah. What is that? Is is it true that when you're rich, people will come at you trying to get a little bit of that fame and the money that you made, or he has now shared some of his antidepressants with too many people? Well, you don't know. Could it's be a bit depends. of both. That's why I'm asking you who the odd person who the read street. everything about this uh, man. I didn't read, but I, I, I saw that, and you don't know. That's that's like everything that's going on in our world and our politics at the moment. You don't know what's. So true. we know, for example, Meg said in in 2013 he actually wrote a, uh, a a children's book, and the children's book was about talking about very tough topic, but in a light way. Okay, so was it a, for him? More than for the kids, was it a, a way for him? to deal with some of these things he got stuck at uh, in, in his younger days? I don't know. I'm asking. Look, from the speeches that I watched, and I did a lot of my research, I read through all Wikipedia and what I could find, and then YouTube, there were a lot of his speeches. His delivery and a lot of his speeches were with a comical tendency towards him with a serious side. Mm -hmm. So that children's book, I would go, yes, it's probably a serious story on a 
a light-hearted sort of delivery. Was it directly for him? I think a lot of those speeches would be... It was almost as if he was talking to himself. Right, because he's on a search, from what I understand, to find his true identity, where he feels that from a young age, he's envisions the person he needed to be to get his family out of from where they were. So now he's made that money, he's looked after his family and so forth, maybe now he's, he's trying to find his, his true self. And everyone, I mean, if, you, if it was only a civil suit about the wrongful death and it, they couldn't even pass judgment, so who are we to even pretend to know what went on there? But who knows? It could have well been someone after his money. You'd think that if he'd killed someone, it'd be more than a civil suit, but then you've got OJ Simpson who got sued civilly but let off judicially, so... You don't know, and but yeah. there's no doubt the bloke's had his moments, and and all of everyone has. Everyone we've spoken about has had their moments. I mean, it's only when I read about him that I found out that he was actually the first actor to ha- have been paid twenty million dollars in 1996, right, for an acting role. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's crazy stuff. I would never have picked that. I would have thought maybe Tom Cruise, you know. One of the ones he got the most acclaim for, he got paid bugger all for the Truman Show. The whole movie only had a budget of sixty million and made two hundred and sixty-four million, and that's where he got nominated for Golden Globes. And that's a good show. I thought he was going to win the Oscar for Best Actor, and and that was it. He was at the peak of his powers, and he took a massive pay cut. It might have been just after the twenty million. And, um, you know, the um, there's a lot of sayings that a few of his speeches had. I love one of them. He says, "Everyone should get rich and famous so they can see that it's not the answer." <laughs> I think it was fantastic. It's almost like he's reading out of that book. Like, a lot of it... That means exactly what I was thinking, Ken. I, you're, I was, you're right, mate. That's why I was, I was so glad I chose him in the end. Because everything you gain in life will rot and fall apart and all that will be left is what was in your heart. And he talks about being a good human. And to touch on you at the end of the last podcast, it's about who you are and who you help and what you do inside, not about the material things you have. Very stoic. He talks about faith, not hope. Hope is a beggar. Hope walks through the fire and faith leaps over. Oh, and he talks about the same one down. Fantastic um, saying. Yeah, so many to of find us. real peace, you have to let go of the armor. Oh, yeah. The e- ego, armor of ego. To find real peace, you need to let the armor go. Your need for acceptance can make you invisible in this world. Yep. Is the end of that quote. He's talking about we spend so much time trying to find acceptance by doing what everyone else is doing that you end up invisible anyway because there's billions Part of, of the people pack. in the world. How so. tricky our ego is to tempt us into something that we already possess. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was unreal. And it's all out of that same speech yeah. that he gave at the university. It's amazing lines, in it? So he, he's, I, I can see, boys, he's got thinker. a lot of lines. So he's a deep thinker. So I may ask you, was he running away from something, trying to focus his laughter onto others? My belief is he was using his laughter to achieve a sense of security that he never had as a child. A lot of it's, it's a well-talked-about, I won't say well-known fact, because that's, that's reaching a bit deep, but most comedians have a funny on stage but have a very dark life behind the, behind, the, press, oh, behind the, the microphone. And, 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 and all that sort of stuff. You yeah. listen to, most of the podcasts I listen to are comedians talking and they talk about, well, you have to have been through some serious shit to have that view on the world that makes people laugh. You, you kind of can't have got there if it was all roses and... And butterflies, and it, it, it was to my point about him still being alive because many, 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 many comedians top themselves. They, they do. But and do they top themselves? Like you, you spoke about Robbie Williams at the beginning, but Robbie Williams found out around the end of his life that his case w- had an end, 
right? There was no escape for him. And so one, I don't know, we live in a world of fake news, so let me entertain this. One could entertain that maybe finding out now that he could no longer make other people laugh, he now finds out that he's got no more use. He's attaching so his purpose to other people instead right. of himself. Okay, so, yeah. so is it possible that Jim at some stage decided, I'm going to make other people laugh about me and about themselves so that it removes the yeah. attention away from me? Well, I think it's the mask. I think it's the armour that he talks about. The mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all have masks, yeah? I think, yeah, it's ironic that he's... Or coincidental that one of his most famous movies is the called mask. The Mask. Yeah. That's right. Because we all have them, and I think the last decade of his life, at least, has been about trying to remove that mask and and find out who he really is. But he's not just doing it; he's talking about it, and he's Uh-oh. talking about it to the right people. Like he's he's that's that university speech. They're the people that need to hear it and understand it. I mean, we all need to get there, but hopefully, we're not fifty when we get there and realise that we've been wearing a mask our whole life. And that I think he's transcended what. We think what he's doing. I think he's gone past caring what other people think at the moment. I think he's that deep in thinking about what he should be or what he finding him true self that he doesn't mind what other people think he's about him anymore. Pure, he, he said he it on multiple occasions. He doesn't care. He, and that's what he I'm knows saying. it all. That true. mask, that mask has been taken off. It, it's been removed. He goes, "That's that was me, but I'm not doing this journey for you. I'm doing this no. journey for me." The speech he gave at the Golden Globes, where the guy brought him up on stage and said, "Please welcome two-time Golden Globe winner Jim Carrey," that triggered him. He got up there and goes, "Yes, I am Jim Carrey, two-time Golden Globe winner, and I go to bed at night hoping to be Jim three. Carrey, three-time Golden Globe winner, because that's who I am." And then he just finished by saying, "It all doesn't mean shit," and basically was talking to all the. The people he doesn't want to be defined. Yep. He, he realised that that's how most people define themselves as a, as a trophy winner. And he's and not. Scared. It was a very sarcastic speech, and I did a horrible job of delivering it. But the point was, I'm more than just a fucking two-time trophy winner. And he's not scared to say it. He's not no. scared to stand up. Well, and that's say what I'm saying. He's saying to the right people. It's fantastic. Now. And I, I think that's where he's bucking the trend. You know, you, The Rock talks about living out of a dumpster at some point. Yeah. That's fine. He's still up there making. He's probably one of the highest paid movie stars in the world. Yep. But he, 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 you never hear him saying it doesn't matter that I'm the highest paid movie star in the world. He goes, I was here and now I'm here. Yeah. You know the the I, I said the line before, but he said to those kids, I'm at the top of the mountain and I was. The only one I hadn't freed was myself, and that's when my search for my identity deepened. He, yeah. He, he's the king of the world, and he realised he really had nothing because he had no idea who the guy under the mask was. Going off this train of thought, I want to bring it to another point, is that uh, I believe there's a story that I saw when he was quite young, he wrote himself a cheque for a million dollars. No, ten. Ten million dollars? Yep. So he wrote himself a cheque for ten million dollars and said, I'm going to cash that cheque one day. Signed it, dated the cheque, put it into his wallet and forgot about it. The date that he signed the contract... Seven years later. Was it seven years? Seven years after he signed that, yeah. He signed the... Contract for the movie that he made. What was the movie, Thomas? Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber, which he got paid ten million dollars for. He's a big believer in the law of attraction. And then he says in here, he says, "Let the universe know what you want, then work toward it and let go of how it comes to pass." Yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna have to be careful about what we tell people, okay? <laughs> because yes, he's done that. But people who really have read stuff would have seen that that guy never rested. He went from one night show to the next. He went from 
creating an opportunity to the next. He worked for his 10 mil. He went digging for the 10 mil. He didn't stop. When he thought he could get something, go, he, he'd go for more. When, when he moved to Hollywood and he, he started to flounder a little bit, he went back to Canada, where, where he came from, to get a little bit of an en- energy and then came back. So he would do whatever it takes. I mean, how many people would say, you know, I'm driving every single day from Campbelltown to, to Penrith and because I believe that I work for a great organization that's going to make a difference in my family. And these pe- people are looking for quick fixes. They're looking for whatever is convenient, not whatever is right. Yep. And, and, and this dude here, yeah, he, he would have been okay having done like two or three movies and stop. No, there's more things. There's, and and I, I think that that's what we also need to say. Uh, it's not enough to visualize. No, he it's not enough it. to write that's, the damn check. He went to work for it. That's the no, danger of the law of attraction. That's what it says here, though. He goes, then work towards. Yeah, the guy so didn't work. The guy just was crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's the danger of the law of attraction. People start thinking, if yeah. I just think it in the They can sit on their bed in a lotus position going, on, and the money's going to arrive. <laughs> the trick of it probably is having that visualisation gives you the GPS coordinates of where you're trying to head to steal one of your metaphors. So by visualising something and asking the universe for it, you know where you want to go. That's now, it. you've got two choices. You can sit on your bed and hope and pray and do all that kind of stuff or you take the first steps towards getting there. But I think that that's the trick to the law of attraction is it, it gives you a point. Listen, I don't say too many nice things about Cam all the time because it's very hard to find something nice to say about Cam. But <laughs> I have to say that over the last few years, I've seen Cam really, whether he's put it in his visualization or not, he's been working very hard at becoming a much better person, at looking at maybe role models or ways of being. And he's taken enormous amount of steps. You sit there and, and you look at the things that he's done. You, you look at what he's achieved today, Cam, and I, 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 I take that, right? That you, it didn't come because you visualize. You had to take action. You know, that not many people would be ready to do that. So... I, I don't know whether I believe in visualization or law of attraction. I, I, I just believe in the law of doing, right? If you, if you do enough, you, you, you'll get there. You can see that from the movies that he went from, one to the next to the next to the next, and then he had partners and he went one to the next to the next. There was no, it was just boom, go, next, next, what's next? It was never really a stop and, you know, like a depression, so to speak, it, like it was at the end, but it was... It wasn't stopping to smell the roses. No, it was just, okay, I've done that. What's next? What's next? What's next? And each character kind of morphed a little bit more into more of him coming out and a different style of him coming out because you could see he was actually trying to find him. He was on a mission to to find find himself, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you something. So many partners... So many partners. Is there an issue? You can, what did you guys read anything into it? We are the only monogamous species on the planet, apart from dolphins. So maybe it's our uh, evolution. <laughs> no, there's a few. There's a few species, but uh, no, I think there's only two: us and dolphins. I love uh, anyway. I won't get into it. <laughs> uh, the only mammals, maybe the only mammals. Yeah, mammals <laughs> because birds are saying uh, parrots. There's parrots or bird breed for life. That's it. They choose a partner. They breed for life. Are anyway. we really though? Yeah. No, but are we really? No, well, I don't know, but we're, we're <laughs> like, meant to be... Are you like trying to tell us something? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if, if we're looking at this as an example, like, you know... Well, yes. I don't know why you had to marry them all. That's the problem. How many did he have? Because I never went into that side, so I, I oh, must say I didn't see into that side of him. There was a lot. I think he only lot. married... There was a few a short time. He only married two, two, I think. He killed one of them. There was... <laughs> 
Allegedly, sorry. Allegedly. Right. No, no, no. We take it back. He did not. All right? <laughs> allegedly. Wasn't there allegedly. two wrongful deaths? I thought there was two wrongful deaths. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's some, I think the mother, the mother, the, the lady just, <coughs> just went afterwards for something else. And but it's been withdrawn. No, I think so that's the search of trying to find yourself or, or not knowing who you are or what you want or where you're going. And I suppose his partners, though, would have found that difficult too. And again, if, you, if you're someone like that, sort of Hollywood pushing though, through life so quick, yeah, really. did, did he have someone helping him with balance? Did he understand the difference between him, work and family? Did he's he have someone teaching him that? He and did say he's got ADD, which, you know, if you can only pay attention to someone for five minutes, you're going to have quite a few. <laughs> the next shiny thing. Oh, well, that, you know. And who might be attracted to the glitz and glamour from the outside and then see his true self? And that's where he, they might start to second-guess their choice. Mm where they see that he goes from the really high funny guy to the really low, you leave me alone, I'm a depressed bloke at the moment doing paintings. And, you know... Be hard to keep up with, but... Yeah, absolutely. Well, very mean, They may not manic. like what's underneath the right, mask. Right, right, right. But you can see it too as a sign of... I always look at people who, who can't be alone for five minutes. We've all had friends who they break up with someone and five minutes later they've got someone else. And they don't know how to be single. He's gone to the nth degree by marrying quite a few of them, but people who have had seven wives or eight or nine wives... That, that, Marriages are meant to be a massive commitment and it just sort of reeks of someone who can't stand being in their own space for five minutes to wait for the right person or, you know, go out, go to a nightclub, be with different people, but you don't have to marry them all. Yeah. <laughs> However, I, I thought that you picked uh, someone who was also contemporary because his view yeah, he's against vaccination he's is something woke. that we... This, this guy is already in 2009 uh, was totally anti-vaccination and, more importantly, about putting negative substance into children. Again, something for children. I never read into that, so... No, he's a, yeah, he's a noted anti-vaccine. Anti-vaccine. And that's... Is that contemporary or is that just... Is he ahead of his time, maybe? If it's 2009, is he ahead no, of I'm his time? No, I'm not saying he's contemporary. I don't believe he's ahead of his time because it's always been around, but not many people at that high profile... No. Take that so, kind of stand, no. right? Usually they go, do you know what? There's more important things care. I can look at. He doesn't care. We asked a question last week of, of John Lennon, whether we thought John Lennon was a stoic. And maybe not early, well, definitely not early on in his career, but the back half of his life. I mean, his speeches are like reading from that book. He, True. Um, he would write a great book on stoic philosophy, I believe, and the part of that is not caring and you're allowed to have your opinion and should have your opinion. What do you think? Is he? Getting towards stoic, is he is he displaying stoic values? I, I thought he, he was. I, well, from what I was seeing, I thought he was because it was a, a, a as a self journey. He's now doing a self journey. It's not about others. It's about himself and be, being a better person. And one of the last lines that I wrote down from him was, "You have choices, love or fear, and don't let fear steal you from your true path of love." And I thought, for a stoic, I thought that is what, be a better person, and that's what he wants to be, and not for anyone else, but for himself, which he knows will be for everyone else. I think it's interesting that we picked a guy who's alive. Yep. Right? Because he's going to call us. He's going to say, hey, you guys were spot on. <laughs> it, it was exactly me. I, I can't believe that all my life I've been looking for a, a podcast like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Are you bring it out to the universe there? Uh, well, the, it's my visualization. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a funny thing that you pick someone who's alive. That's, that was a good one, man. What do you think about the stoic thing? Do you think he's heading in that direction? or? I, I believe that... There is something in the mask. 
and a stoic would not live with a mask. But he's trying to take that mask off. Stoic is about the pursuit of taking off the mask and finding out who you really are. They say quite often you, you're on a path, you're not going to be there now, you're always learning. So many I, thought John Lennon last week, I believe. I see too much repetition. And there's one thing about repetition and go back to the same point versus repetition where you move to a next level again. Mm. So I don't see that next level. But that's, I'm again, that's, that's interesting. That's uh, my point of view. I mean, you always grow because you mature, but that doesn't mean sometimes you mature, but you still repeat the same mistake over and over again, you know? Um, he's obviously learned that marriage is very expensive. So now he's got girlfriends and he can walk away from. And, and but you know, in the end, is is he repeating the same thing with the all of these kind of movies that he's done? I mean, is he repeating the same thing? Is he is he running away from something? You know, I I just don't know. For for me, the true stoic for me it would be the movie The Gladiator, right? He doesn't fight for glory. He doesn't go out there to get that wooden sword from the emperor. Okay, you may say he's, got, he's going to go there in order to go against the emperor, but he, he can go against all of these materialistic things just for that one go. You think, I know you said it was interesting, I picked someone who was alive. I, I saw a thing on Instagram yeah. yesterday. Uh, which I, I just, because it's a podcast, no one can see it, but Cam helped himself first. <laughs> I can't reach and, anyone else's and, glasses. And, and then he stayed, aw- he stayed away from... We're at a bigger table, Marsh. Yeah, that's all In right. his defense, we are at a bigger table. Mate, I, I think Meg, Meg wanted some. She didn't want any. Oh, no, okay. No, that's all right. what... Mate. No, that's Calm cool. down. All right. You said something nice about me. You don't have to take the credits <laughs> out. He's, he's feeling no, bad. But, uh, I, listen, mate. I, I am an impartial judge when it comes to you. Got to find better mentors. I don't have to word it. Got to find better mentors. Seriously. I just... I've got to find better mentors, page 100. Um, Partial judge. Yeah. You said, interesting, we picked someone who was alive. I saw on Instagram yesterday someone who's trying to be a a Gary Vee, but in Australia, post a a quote that said, you know, maybe you've got to be careful having your mentors 20 or 30 years older than you because old knowledge isn't the same as new knowledge and you should pick someone who's (laughs) two years older than you rather than... 30, I think, yes, we, and, uh, but it's an, in, it's an interesting concept. I didn't agree with it initially and I probably have to put more thought into it, but it's okay to study people who are still alive because there are people alive doing great things. They've done, they've done great things. And, uh, and, and you still know, are, may not yeah. have it right, may not have done it right as well. Um, I think Elon Musk would be an interesting study. I think, I mean, we're reading a book about people who are alive how many thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago and we're, we're taking all of life's lessons from that. Do we need to look at our perspective of we can only learn from the dead or, or lessons from a hundred years ago? Not all lessons, just because they're like a wine, don't all don't all age well. Yeah, first first of all, I want to answer to that question that that dickhead of yours just uh, mentioned. Not a mate of mine, he's just okay. some guy I follow. Uh, well, may, maybe you should unfollow him for that would be for your own good because I think that the art of being a good human being has no age. And it is something that was good for Marcus Aurelius 2,000 years ago. It is good now. If Marcus Aurelius was still to be alive, it'd be 2,000 years. What? Do I stop following him because he's 2,000 years old? I, I think that, you know, some people just get onto social media and say crap for the sake of just 
coming up with something that will get you guys, someone like you, to, to, to think about it and put some more thoughts oh, about I it. Think he's, he's right? But guys like me, I'd go, number one, wisdom has no age. Sometimes you find wisdom in a kid that is just two years old. Sometimes you you can be mentored by a young Coco uh, Goff, for example, the young tennis player from America. Sometimes you can you can be around a 70-year-old who's got still the mentality of a 12-year-old idiot. And so I think it has no yeah. age. I think the problem with what he said was he said mentors, plural, very broad brush. He, if he said maybe don't take your Instagram advice from someone who's 30 years older than you that's never used Instagram, I think the point he was getting at was depending on what business you're okay, in. Okay, well, then, then maybe Which I is understand. his stuff up. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it's, it's true or not. I think you're getting upset because you're old. No, <laughs> and, um, no, no, no. no. You see this, this Older is than me. Don't know lunch there. Oh. <laughs> to, to paraphrase what Wilson Churchill <laughs> answered back is that one of these days you'll be old too. <laughs> Unfortunately, you'll always be ugly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. All right, thank you very much, guys. Good job, guys. Great subject. Thank you. Well Thanks, done, guys. James Scary. <laughs> 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 <laughs>